Hi, and welcome to Psychic Today. I'm your host, Jill Roberts. And today, I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about what's going on with me and the awakening process. I want to talk about certain um, tools, such as crystals, that you can use to help bring about your own awakening and your own I am and remembering who you are at core level because it's so incredibly important. And of course, if you need any help with that, I'm going to be doing webinars and courses about this very subject. First, I want to talk about my journey and where I am now. My journey started 20 some odd years ago and I went from mentor to mentor and different ideologies and philosophies and I took from each. And I got to a place recently in the last two months where I felt blocked, like I hit a brick wall. And I mean that in the sense of there's nothing further I can do as far as, you know, being human here um, and being in the third dimension and being heavy. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience like we all are, but, you know, I've opened up my, all of my clear sensibilities. I have become a shaman. I've become an evidential medium. I've become, you know, I've, I've mastered all the divination tools, tarot, pendulums, you know, you name it. And it just wasn't, wasn't, not that it wasn't satisfying anymore, because of course, reconnecting someone with their loved one who's passed is more than, more than worth it. But I wanted to, I want to steer my spiritual business in a different direction because I feel that I have more to give. So I've been feeling this like really like incredible yearning and almost desperation of what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I learn from now? Because I've done it all and I want to raise my consciousness. My quantumness. I want to be a quantum, you know, multidimensional being that I know that I am, and I want to remember who I am. And you know, who's going to show me that? So you know, I did some courses with you know Lisa Transcendence Brown, and she's extremely enlightening, but extremely complicated as far as trying to understand um, the concepts that she's she's giving. Um, I booked a session, a couple of sessions with someone who really opened my eyes up to what's going on with me. And so I just wanted to explain to you the awakening process. It's like growing pains. And it's really hard to explain. You know, it's almost like trying to explain the color blue to someone who's never had sight. You know, how do you describe that? 
it's really not something that you can put into words. And that's the thing. Words are no longer necessary. So I started the third eye awakening with you guys with Sagan, and I'm going to continue that, and I'm going to continue the Kundalini Awakening, and I've also been working with Raha Kudri um, on the third eye for you guys, so I'm going to be bringing in all different aspects of that, because the most important thing for your journey is to open your third eye, and we all have a third eye. It's whether you realize it or not, you're using it. It's just a matter of... Opening it up fully, feeling that Kundalini awakening where it's going down your spine and it's almost like a cosmic orgasm. But I digress. So there's so much that we don't know, we don't see, we don't remember. And, you know, I don't know if you heard about starseed families and, you know, the the Lemurians who were here, or the Atlanteans, or whatever species have come before man, um, or, of course, you know, the Palladians is another star, um, a starseed family, uh, the others weren't, but the Palladians, the Syrians, the, you know, the, the beings on Andromeda, just so many different stars. I mean, this you look at our galaxy, and our galaxy is very tiny compared to others. There's a whole universe out there, and universes within universes, and and you know dimensions within dimensions. And and the thing is, you want to become multidimensional, and it's not out there. That's the mistake so many people make. You know, you listen to these gurus or watch their YouTube videos and they talk about, you know, oh, you know, they have this person they're channeling and this is, they're channeling the Palladians and the Palladians are saying X, Y, and Z. How come that's not happening for me? Because it happens differently for everybody. So... I just wanted to let you know that's where I'm steering my business. I will touch on it here if you want. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, online on anchor.fm slash jillnyc, which is my profile for my podcast, you can leave voice messages and you can tell me about any questions that you have or any topics you want me to cover or any topics you're not interested in. Um, But you can also do it through the Anchor app, which is free and easy to use. You don't need to be a podcaster to do it. And um, it's easy to, like I said, become a community. And I want to do this. This is the free part of it. And I'm trying to break it down so that way for those who want to hire their vibration to experience the extraordinary let's do this you know it's life is short this is my last incarnation and I feel so drawn to teach you and it's it's just something that that's opening up my heart 
and I'm trying to get out of my mind because that's what's really slowing all of us down is we overthink everything. We think too much with the left side of our brain, which of course is the masculine side. The divine feminine is the right side of the brain. Um, so what we're going, what I'm going to be doing now is I have started Robert Simmons, who is the American version of Judy Hall. He's an extraordinary, multidimensional, higher consciousness, spiritual person who is just so incredibly enthusiastic and amazing when it comes to stones, crystals. And the one thing that I think we all can agree on for most of us is that who doesn't love crystals? I mean, I'm obsessed with them. And I was just so happy today. Francesca from Giardino Blue sent me my Numite necklace. Numite is from Greenland. There is an episode on on Numite. And the reason why I'm mentioning Numite and Francesca as well. Uh, Francesca and I are definitely doing our episodes because there's going to be more than one because we have so much that we want to talk about together and share with you. But new with Robert Simmons... His Stones of the New Consciousness book, which is Healing, Awakening, and Co-Creating with Crystals, Minerals, and Gems. There are 62 stones that he talks about. And a lot of them I already have. Some of them I just got recently. Some of them are on the way. So I want to use this. This is going to be my Bible for helping you there's crystal meditations just of there's there's layouts there's body layouts there's there's selenite wands we can make i'm going to go through this all with you so it's going to be super fun super super fun and today what i want to do is after this segment i want to if i can do a segment on these three stones so definitely stay in tune because these are the three, well, three of some that I've worked with. So I'm going to give you my experience and Mr. Simmons' experience and see what your experience is. Because everybody has a different experience with stones. There are people who are extremely affected by Moldavite. Some of us aren't. And... You know, my palm chakras are open, so I'm very sensitive to stones. I carry around, like, you know, a 50-carat and a 70-carat Moldavite in each hand. So, you know, I'm walking around with huge pieces of Moldavite. Um, I'm opening the portals on my fingertips um, and those chakras with, you know, rubbing the Moldavite. So if you get used, if you can, if you have a stone at home that's not tumbled, meaning shiny and round, if it's a quartz cluster, that's fine. You can use that because they have like sharp tips and they have facets. So that's always good. Or if you have any Lemurian seed crystals or wands, you can use those um, or any natural raw stone that you may have that has a kind of rough surface. And if you just play with it. 
between your, you know, your index finger and your thumb while holding it, you know, you start to open up those chakras on your fingertips and it makes you become a lot more sensitive to these stones. So, um, I'm going to go through the, basically an introduction to stones of the new consciousness and the 62 of them and what Robert's doing in this. You can also look him up online. He has on YouTube, he has like a six part course, um, that he videotaped and gave, um, it was actually like a workshop on these particular stones. And he goes through different meditations and different ways to use them and backstories and stuff like that. So if you just type in Robert Simmons in YouTube, you can find that there as well. So in the book, he selected 62 stones that seemed to be most aligned with the emerging of the new consciousness. And because the premise of the book is that stones are the physical aspects of spiritual beings and became the new consciousness is one of the relationship and co-creation. He felt the need to revisit the stones in a way that went deeper and attempted to give them a, fir- a fresh look. He's worked with these for many, 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 many years. Um, and so he wanted to come back to it with fresh eyes and fresh feelings. So what he did was, it's kind of in a layout like the other book he wrote, The Book of Stones, where it gives you the background of the stone, but he's added new attunements to it, which is um, what he did was he recorded himself sitting with the stone in meditation and gave what he felt. So... It's amazing, um, especially after you've been working with especially particular stones, because everybody has their favorite, um, to go back and go over them again, you know. This is going to be interesting and fun, you know. It's, it's Doing this is far more important, I feel, than some of the other stuff we're working on because your multidimensionality is inside yourself and that's what is most important now when you get a new stone or a crystal I'm going to just call them stones that makes it easier what I like to do is be in a quiet place where I'm not going to be disturbed or have anybody else's energy around me. And no matter how crappy I'm feeling or, or happy, but usually crappy gets our attention more, unfortunately. I try and quiet the monkey mind of chatter and I take the stone. And honestly, at this point, it really doesn't matter if you use it in your left or right hand. I take the stone, usually in my left hand, and I put it to my heart chakra. And this is after I've, I've cleansed it because, again, I'm a germaphobe when it comes to energy. So 
after it leaves whomever I bought it from, because like I said, here in New York City, there aren't really um, crystal stores. And the one I found is extremely expensive, museum quality stones, where you're talking, they're in the thousands for a piece of amethyst, which is ridiculous. So I buy a lot of my stuff from Robert Simmons. I buy a lot of my stuff from trusted sources on Etsy. And there's something that's um, that I newly found, which is called Gem Auctions. And I've gotten a lot of my Moldavite from an actual miner in the Czech Republic. And it comes with certificates of authenticity. And they have them for really great prices. I mean, it's when you're ordering online, it's usually a crapshoot if you go on Amazon through a third-party seller or, you know, a, um, a whole, um, not even a wholesaler, a person who you don't really know what you're getting is the real deal, which is why I try and order from Mr. Simmons because I know he's a reputable source and he's been doing this for about 40 years. So, you know, since I was like two. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, I digress. Gem Auctions is a great place. You can just type in what you're looking for and you'll get reputable people, reputable um, miners themselves. And I am going back mining this summer. I'm just so excited about that. My kids aren't so much, but I am. Because <laughs> I love to do this. And eventually I want to you know, um, start venturing out of New York and going to other mines. So I'm going back to Herkimer County and mining more Herkimer diamonds and other types of species of stones that are there. But anyway, when you get a stone and then you've saged it, because you don't know, every person who's touched the box in transport between the person who's packed it to and, and handled it to, you know, the postman on their end, whether it's going via ground transportation or air, doesn't make a difference. They're touching it. Then the postman on your side is touching it or, or UPS or FedEx or whoever. And then it's getting to your house or your apartment building, apartment building in my case. So it's being left and people coming in and out, walking by, getting their mail, whatever mood they're in, it's going straight into my stones. So I sage them. And how I charge my crystals is what I was saying before. I sit in quiet place. I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth a couple times just to quiet my mind. Hold it to my heart chakra. And I listen to what the stone has to tell me. Because stones are energy beings. And this is something that Francesca and I are going to talk about. They are energy beings. They lend us their energy, their vibration, their frequency. They help us to hire ours. So we don't want to treat them like they're dirt or just throw them in a drawer. We want, when we're charging our stones, we want to listen to what they have to say. 
and they will convey whatever it is they have to say, either by your thoughts, of which is clear audience, or, you know, showing you a picture in your mind, um, or both, or feeling, any of the clairs. And then what I do is I thank the stone, and I say, let's infuse our energy and help me to get to blah, 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 X, Y, Z. What this stone is telling me it can do for me, what it will do for me, without asking of anything in return. So that's how I charged my crystals. And after the break, the first stone we're going to talk about is Himalaya Gold Azestulite. This is going to be a treat. We'll be right back. And we're back. So now we're going to talk about Himalaya Gold Azestulite. So some of the keywords is creative manifestation through the will, co-creating with Sophia, kindling the great central sun in the heart, filling the light body with gold light. And Sophia, if you're wondering who that is, is basically Gaia Mother Earth. And that's what Robert Simmons refers, that's the name Robert Simmons refers to as that, is Sophia. The element is storm, and the chakras associated with this stone is the fourth, which is the heart, the sixth, which is the third eye, the crown, which is the seventh, the soul star, and transpersonal, which is the eighth through fourteenth chakras. Okay, so here's a little background on it. Himalaya gold azestulite was discovered in 2008, so it's fairly a new stone. In the regency of the Himalaya mountains, thus the name Himalaya gold, like other azestulites, it is a form of quartz, in this case displaying a bright yellow color. Himalaya gold azestulite emanates azestulite's whole pattern of energies, and one of its special qualities is it resonates with the solar plexus chakra. This is the seat of power and manifestation in human beings. As with other conditions we carry from the past, within the solar plexus are patterns of limitations that they end up severely restricting our capacity to create. So we literally don't know our power. And in the past, this may have kept us from abusing it. Yet, with evolution into expanded awareness comes the necessity of taking up our full range of potentials. The arrival of Himalaya gold azestulite coincides with the beginning of our development of new capacities for creative manifestation through the will. The stimulation of the solar plexus in alignment with the seat of vision in the third eye chakra is an important aspect of this activation. And you need to remember, we manifest at the speed of thought. So if you're constantly having um, anxious or worrying thoughts, you're bringing that into reality and you're bringing that into your physical 
experience here. So if you find yourself thinking negatively or using the words, I hope, I need, I think, just hit yourself on the top of your forehead. Stop, 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 stop. That way, it's just, you'll catch yourself. And instead, use, I know, I am, and I can. All right? So as far as manifestation goes, just remember, what you think is what's going to be your reality. So you can very much have hell on earth if you're a person who is, you know, constantly thinking about what could be, should be, or, you know, the whole coulda, shoulda, woulda, or about something that's beyond your control. Because there's a lot of things beyond our control. And in becoming multidimensional, you are actually have to do things backwards. You don't work hard and do all the things we did when we were young to make the money, to get this, to get that. You actually have to know what you need to do and trust that it's going to happen and how it's going to happen is really none of your concern. You just got to get there and do it. And the opportunities will be presented to you. And it's hard because you have to give up that control, but it's necessary. Anyway, with my experience with Himalaya Gold Zestulite, it was quite extraordinary. Um, Again, I did a hard attunement. I quieted my mind and I put it to my, my fourth chakra, which is my heart chakra. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of like peace and excuse me and um like everything was going to be okay and that everything I needed to know was inside of me so I there wasn't really much more I needed to do as far as you know seek out any more mentors because I'm done with all of that I have all my certifications in every sort of spiritual aspect there is and feel there is. And it just spoke to my soul. It spoke to, of course, my gut, because it's the solar plexus stone as well. But it just calmed me. It was soothing, yet very high vibrational. You know, it kind of like came in the way um, a person's loved one would come in and say, excuse me, I'm here. And this is what is I can do for you. And this is what we're going to do together. So that was really amazing. And now I'm going to read the new attunement of what Robert said happened to him. So Robert began meditating with Himalaya Gold Zestulite, holding a stone in each hand and one in a pouch over his heart. 
some of the stones required him to place them over the third eye or other upper chakras, especially if they were high vibrational stones, in order for him to realize their energies. The currents pouring through Himalaya gold and zestulite are so potent that no such placement is necessary. Simply holding the stones in his two hands, he felt their currents move to several chakra points where the flow was emphasized. The third eye and crown were stimulated very powerfully, and he felt an impulse of strengthening current move, move into and back out of his solar plexus chakra. Relatively few stones reverberate so strongly in the solar plexus as does Himalaya gold zestulite. And those that do rarely emanate the high-frequency currents as powerfully as Himalaya gold zestulite does. So as he continued holding the stones, he felt his liquid crystal body matrix shift into resonance with their currents, flowing through the whole body. The primal focus of the third eye and solar plexus continued to resonate. And their, their resonance became a strong, mutual pulsating with each other. He felt, he felt the sense that Himalayan golden zestulite potentiates the power of creating, which is latent in us, and is an essential part of our coming destiny. The solar plexus currents were enhanced and strengthened by putting his attention there and his resonance with the stone became something he could influence through his will. In fact, he believes that it's possible primarily because of an enchantment of the strength of his will forces brought about through the currents of these stones. One of the most amazing capacities we have as human beings is the will. We can choose what we do. This gives rise to both exhilarating freedom and terrible difficulty since our free will allows a myriad of errors. Another mixed blessing is our limitation. We do not quote-unquote create our own reality, at least not in a direct way. Yet, when we create, the will is always deeply involved. In his view, it's the activity of the will, both the hard of the doing and the soft will of agreement or surrender. In union with our visionary capacity, that that comprises our gesture in the activity of creating. He refers here primarily to the individual conscious will. There's more to genuine creating activity than our own self-aware aspirations. The creating we can do, in which we are truly creating a world, our bodies, and our living experience, is not isolated within us. Instead, it is co-creating in a kind of union with the soul of the world, whose impulses we feel in our hearts. Individually, we can utilize the third eye to envision something mentally, and the solar plexus to push things into manifestation. Yet this is much more limited sort of creating. When we work in co-creation unity with Sophia, we are simultaneously setting our intentions and letting go of any expectations regarding the results. <clears throat> so, uh, we imagine the essence of what we want and then we exhale it, releasing it to Sophia. It is the heart's natural gesture of trust, not in fulfillment of what we imagine in our mind, that 
we want, but in whatever may come to us, this rather circular gesture of intending and releasing in trust allows the spontaneous genius of the world soul creating to engage with us in a sort of continuous stance. The results of this are seldom what we might have expected. Rather, <clears throat> they are infallibly preferable, more perfect and appropriate for the harmonious well-being of the whole, of the all. We can often recognize our original intention, bearing fruit that reminds us of our original hope, yet result is far better. Himalaya Gold of Zestia Life facilitates this kind of co-creating in several dimensions. Its stimulation of the third chakra, lends, which is the solar plexus, lends greater power to our intention. When we are strong-willed and avoid trying to be tyrants, we have more to offer on our side of the dance. <clears throat> we can focus our intentions better and keep our actions in alignment with the intentions we have set, even though we have released expectations. Second, having more awareness and control of the third chakra's currents allows us to consciously project them, intend, and withdraw, surrender. If we can feel ourselves doing these gestures, it is very helpful in learning to practice them continuously. Our strength in third chakra also increases our capacity to feel the will of others, giving us the opportunity to align or disengage with them. Third, we can even learn how to feel the flow of the world itself, what the Chinese call the Tao, what we might think of as creating activity of Sophia, and we can learn how better to swim with its currents. As his meditation continued, he began to notice the heart and solar plexus chakras were quote-unquote burning into one another. They were, there <clears throat> was pleasant but intense fiery activity in both areas and the tingling in them grew until the chakras seemed to merge into a single huge center simultaneously he felt a powerful longing in his heart and a great release of tension in the solar plexus this brought tears to his eyes accompanied by feelings of exaltation he feels that the merging of the heart and the solar plexus which is the universe unification of our love and will is an essential component to the new consciousness. When we give all of our power to what our heart desires, we are also surrendering to the will of the divine, since that is the source of the longing in our heart. To live in a state within one's will is powerful, yet fully given over to the heart is to live in co-creative union with the soul of the world. For the will of the heart is inseparable from her will. The dance then we embark on upon life is of grace. We feel ourselves as instruments that are, at last, in tune, and we play with the great intelligence of love, intertwined so completely that we cannot tell whether our hands or hers have touched our inner strings. We can find our way to such a place without the help of stones, but the Himalaya gold of Zestulites can introduce us to capacities we did not even know we had, and it can aid us in maintaining our awareness and intention as we learn how to walk this invisible path of co-creating the world and ourselves through love. As he sat with Himalaya gold of Zestulite on his forehead, heart, and solar plexus, he was drawn to the place 
the solar plexus stone on the crown. Do you saw an inner image of a golden sun or a radiant star-like form over his head as he sat holding the stones? He felt the radiance of this golden sun begin to penetrate his crown chakra slowly, like the liquid light with the consistency of honey. This golden light from the radiant sun above his head descended into the skull, bringing yellow golden light into the consciousness. As he sat with it, the gold light descended slowly through the region of the third eye. As it descended, he began to inwardly see a field of golden light. The felt sense accompanying this was one of quiet bliss, a kind of soft willingness to allow the experience to unfold. <clears throat> the gold light continued its descent and reached the area of his mouth, making it more of an effort to dictate, in part because his consciousness was most interested in tending to the gold light. The descent continued, reaching the throat, filling it with light, making his breathing through the throat a great pleasurable sensation. It descended further through the shoulders and the upper chest, all this golden light from the radiant sun above his head, and he felt the light being pulled down through his root chakra into the earth. Although his sight showed it still just slowly, softly dripping down towards the heart. Then he had a sudden vision of the heart of an, as an organ of gold, wrapped in gold, radiant with gold, illuminated by an inner shining golden light. And the chest center became its own radiant source of light and a great joy and recognition of the nature of his own heart as a radiant star came into his consciousness. We, quote, unquote, we all have this, so said his intuitive voice, which I believe was the stone. We all have this golden heart light, and there is a star within us kindled by the golden sun from above. He was given the intuition that the golden sun above his head is a holographic image of the great central sun, which is present at the core of each star, each heart, each atom of matter. And by inviting this golden light, he kindled unexpectedly the sun of his heart. The gold light continued its descent, stimulating the will center in the solar plexus. And he discovered because he was seeing images arising very quickly with each step of the descending light, that his solar plexus had been wounded in his early life and in earlier lives. His will had been broken and overturned by violence in other lives. And he had been a fearful child in this life because of it and because of like happenings in his childhood years. As the golden light descended, he felt as though his third chakra became a more powerful beacon that shined out from him. It felt as though the broken ray of will was repaired, and now in gratitude or appreciation, his will center seemed to turn up the heart as if to ask its will, the radiant light of the heart stone. The golden light dropped further to the second chakra, and there he felt a kind of soft, pleasurable glow. And the intuition was that the chakra was, will strengthen through imagination and play. Finally, the golden light reached his root chakra and flowed there, from there down into the legs and the feet and then to the earth. It was a great moment of completion and he was flooded with gratitude. 
He sat for some time, filled with radiant gold, aware of the star above his head and its counterpart in his heart. He was aware of the ray of will now held within him, but prepared to extend out to any commitment or choice he might make. He was reminded that many years ago, a meditation with Moldavite brought forth a more abrupt and in some ways more amazing length of the golden light. Yet in both cases, there was a sun in his heart, and in both cases, he was filled with gratitude and joy. In this case of his attunement with Himalayan gold zestulite, there was more of a sense of walking with a kind of sure-footedness that he didn't feel with the Moldavite experience. This may be from the more stable golden light energies of this stone, or his level of experience now, perhaps. Nonetheless, this descent of the golden light is accompanied by a great feeling of having been blessed, and it is a door of this Himalaya gold zestulite seems very well suited to open. There was a strong sense of clear-headed awareness which arose as he held the stones. He felt that there is a clarifying quality for the consciousness emanated by Himalaya gold zestulite. It is also a stone that makes the heart happy when the eyes behold it. He feels this is because it's a bright yellow color somehow reminds the heart of its own true radiant nature, which is often veiled. Himalayan gold zestulite speaks to him. I call out to the seat of your sovereignty, the throne of the heart, to awaken the one that dwells within. I invite all noble citizens of your inner kingdom to awaken and serve the one. So that's what the golden zestulite at the end spoke to him. And it's an amazing experience. So he goes into it, of course, in the book, as I have read to you, in extreme detail. I kind of generalized what I felt um, because I don't want you to feel that you need to feel exactly the same way. You're going to feel differently. You might feel some of the same things. Like I felt some of the same things that Robert did, but, um, some, you know, I didn't, you know, it spoke to me differently. And that's the great things about stones. They speak to us all differently because we all need different things. We're not, you know, the same person with the same problems or the same everything, even though we are all connected, yes, on a quantum level. But we're all going to experience things differently, you know. So do the heart attunement when you're charging your stones, especially when you first get them, or if you want to go over them again like Robert did and, you know, um, give it a fresh look with a new set of eyes, so to speak, and see what comes to you. When we come back, now I would like to talk about full grade. So stay tuned. So to speak, we're going to be talking about 
in the 62 stones is fulgurite. And if you want to see what a picture of fulgurite looks like, on my blog um, website, Psychic Medium, NewYorkCity.com, it's um, not the website of my services. It's uh, a website that has my blog. It does have my services as well. It would take you to that page and other things about me and about the work that I do. Um, so it's psychicmediumnewyorkcity.com. And if you just do a search under Fulgurite, you'll see uh, I did an article on it and pictures of Fulgurites I had in Crystal Grid and what they look like. Okay, so what fulgurites are, it's they're glassy tubes formed by lightning strikes on sand. <laughs> so basically, lightning hits the sand and it creates these like glass-like tubes or branches they kind of look like. Um, and the sand adheres to the glass tube. So, of course, they're very high vibrational. They're very delicate, but they're amazing to work with, especially if you're into shamanic work or journeying. They really help with that. Um, so, it, you know, the event that creates a fulgurite is characterized by a huge release of energy. The lightning carries extremely large amounts of static electric electricity which is, you know, discharged in a very small spot on the sand. And the temperature of the lightning has been calculated to be hotter for that moment um, than the surface of the sun. The heat is intense enough to vaporize the sand at the center of the strike and to melt the material around the edges. The tube is formed from the melted sand and the hole down the middle is created by the vaporized material. Many fulgurites that have been gathered from, from beaches and deserts are one to three inches in length, so they're not really that big, and they're less than an inch in diameter. However, some specimens can be as long and as thick as a human arm or leg, but most of them, for the most part, are, are small. And they can look like, like I said, branches, tree roots. It's nearly impossible to unearth these intact, which is, I think, another reason why they are on the smaller side too, besides the fact it's hitting a small spot in the sand. The fulgurites, I, uh, I've, I've used some from the desert and I've used some from beaches. And the ones I've gotten from Florida are, I prefer them uh, than to the, the desert ones. Um, they just work better for me, might be different for you. But I thought I'd give you that um, just, you know, in case you go online and you, you want to get one. And they're not expensive. Um, you can even get them on eBay because they can't fake them there. Um, I would definitely get them from Florida if you can. Um, so they're formed in a single powerful event rather than growing slowly over extended periods of time like crystals do. And it may have something to do with the intense energies and experiences that people report from their encounters with these stones that make them so high vibrational. So, 
you know, they're the most powerful stones for manifesting vision through the strength of prayer. The lightning energy long believed to be the touch of the divine still resides in them. And they can act as magnifiers of one's clear intention, building a powerful resonance between oneself and the latent powers of the higher worlds. One recommended technique for working with Fulgurite for manifestation is to sit for a while in meditation and deeply visualize your prayers or your intentions. And then put the tube, the Fulgurite tube, to your lips and exhale through the tube, blowing your prayers to the divine. While doing so, imagine the energy of the lightning moving in reverse, pulling itself back into the clouds along with your prayer. Then see the answers to the prayer falling in a deluge of manifestation, overflowing the streams and rivers of your world, irrigating and nourishing your life. Fulgurites, of course, work well with Moldavite, Tibetan techites, Herderite, Zestrolite, Benekite, Damberite, and Brookite. For those who find Fulgurites a bit too intense, you can try combining them with the gentle energies of some Ahoyt, which will soften the storm. For interdimensional travel, you can use Merkabite calcite, herderite, scolocyte, phenakite, or naturalite. You can add to it. And it's great in a crystal grid as well. And I don't know if we've talked about crystal gridding yet, but you can do small grids, either on cloths with sacred sacred geometry, or you can do a meridian grid around yourself. I did that today, and I made the mistake of doing it on the ground, on the hardwood floor, with just a very thin yoga mat, and instead of being able to open up, and I had nine stones going down my, my center column of the seven chakras, and then one, you know, about an inch below my feet, and one about an inch, not an inch, you know, a couple inches above my head, a couple inches below my feet, and then I had these bigger pieces around me, not a fulgurite, but of another of another stone, they were all of the same stone, which was a very high vibrational stone, um, and I could not concentrate on what I was seeing, because my back was freaking killing me. <laughs> So I wasted about an hour doing that. And of course, it was a half day for my daughter. So I didn't have much time to be mucking about. Um, I do have a big enough bed where I could have done all of this in the comfort of laying down on a bed as opposed to a hardwood floor. I had carpeting or something thicker than a mattress. I, I would have used it on the floor. But anyway, so... In Robert's new attunement, he talks about friends who are involved deeply in shamanic work have referred to fulgurites as petrified lightning. And not just um, shamans refer to it as petrified lightning. You can actually, when you're looking to buy a piece, look up, you know, you can search for petrified lightning and it will come up as a fulgurite. Um, and this expressive image of fulgurite is used in understanding the spiritual qualities of these unique formed objects. He began his meditation with fulgurite with holding two large specimen, specimens, one in each hand, and wearing a third piece over his heart. 
and he soon felt a very fast tingling energy filling the entire volume of his hands, front and back, heart, his interior. The sense was rapid communication between the spiritual world and the cellular level of his body. A number of images and inner lights rapidly arose, perhaps amplifying the very quickness that Volgarite embodies. It is unlike any other substance that we call a stone, because Volgarite is formed in a flash of lightning. In this powerful energy discharge, the heavens and the earth touch one another. You know, as above, so below. This is literally it. <laughs> as mentioned above, the temperature of lightning bolt is hotter than the surface of the sun. So one might say that in its lightning genesis of fulgurite, we see the meaning of the sun's positive charge and the earth's negative charge. Fulgurite keeps presenting him with the image of Hermes, the Greek deity of rapid communication, mental agility, magic, and alchemical transformation. It gestures to us with the Hermes image as if to say, I am like this one. Also, as he gazed upon one of the fulgurites in his hand, he knows that after a few moments, there rose a fog-like appearance of purplish light. It seemed to both surround and permeate the fulgurite. He interpreted the purple light as denoting high-frequency currents, just as ultraviolet light represents a higher frequency than the visible spectrum. This reinforces the notion that fulgurite is the embodied result of a unique instantaneous action of which the visible aspect is the lightning bolt. He felt the sense in contemplating fulgurite is that it invites us to dwell with the event of the thunderbolt. In symbolism, the thunderbolt is seen as a gesture from the divinities, and this gesture, if it touches one's body, causes a wounding or even death. Yet, this can be seen as the very challenge of being in the presence of the divine, which has been described mythologically as being stuck by, struck by lightning. We speak of powerful insights coming to us like a bolt from the blue. In other words, as, as an unexplainable stroke of lightning hits us, this lightning stops us in our tracks, stops our ongoing habits of understanding the world in certain ways. The bolt of lightning can therefore be in terms of insight, experiences, both a wound to our old view of the world and a blessing. In its blessing aspect, the shocking event of the spiritual thunderbolt offers a more divinely inspired, though sometimes more difficult, landscape of understanding. Bulgarite suggests that to work meditatively with it is to make oneself available to the bolt from the blue. It excites the neural activity of the brain and the spinal cord. The high-powered currents of fulgurite can enter through the crown chakra or through any other area of the body, creating a resonance throughout the liquid crystal body matrix. As we hold it in our hand, fulgurite generates tiny tingling impulses that move through the hands and arms and reach the core of the body, exciting a host of meridians and neural connections. In touching the fulgurite, we echo the Earth's gesture to the electrical charge in the clouds just before the lightning bolt strikes. The lightning bolt can be viewed spiritually as a mutual gesture between Earth and the sky. 
The clouds build up a positive charge, and at the same time, there is within the Earth a ground charge of opposite polarity. Metaphorically, the cloud of the sky symbolizes the masculine, yang polarity, and the Earth, the feminine, receptive, yin polarity. The yin reaches up to the rising charge of the yang in the sky. Through any convenient object, such as a hill, a tree, or a post, or even a human body, when the charge in the cloud feels the gestures of the earth, the lightning strikes, meaning the earth's ground charge or upward gesture. This describes the physical lightning we see. We can see an echo of that pattern in our work with fulgurite, because using fulgurite in meditation allows the ground current of our receptivity, our capacity to receive information, to receive knowledge, insight, understanding, and of course, wisdom to reach upward to the potential infusion of light from the divine world. It does this by exciting the liquid, the liquid crystal body matrix and building up the charge of the light body through the column of the spinal cord. In calling down the spiritual lightning, we act like the receptive earth and the spiritual realms of unlimited potential take the role of oppositely charged cloud. As we hold the fulgurite with this intention, we feel our ground charge rise up through the crown chakra. We have made ourselves available to the thunderbolt and its inspiration. And when the moment is right, we may be filled with the intense grace of a stunned stroke of enlightenment. This is certainly the most powerful way to experience fulgurite. Those who work shamanically with fulgurite say that they blow their prayers through these tubes of petrified lightning up to the divine world. They believe that fulgurite amplifies the power of prayer. This gesture is resonant with his description of the meditative practices, whereby one's energy coalesces from the body along the tube of the spine, up to the opening at the crown chakra. We make our gesture of our self-offering to whatever divine potential may wish to meet us. The flash of illumination that can occur through this activity is sometimes modest, sometimes vast. In each case, however, the insight reveals itself as an unforeseen, unique vision that was not previously within one's realm of thought. And he goes on and on more. But for him, he agrees with the shamans that they consider Fulgurite a sacred stone. It is a tube of connection to the sacred worlds, these worlds with which we need to involve ourselves in order to live fully and to fulfill our destined role as a bridge between heaven and earth. And the Fulgurite spoke to him saying, I am the quickener, the unexpected light. I am the messenger of light. And through me, the light of truth comes to you. So Fulgurite, amazing, amazing, amazing stone. I really highly recommend getting a couple pieces. I have about 10 or 12 and I absolutely love them all. I mean, I have them in a protective case because they're just, like I said, because they're, it's almost like a small glass um, tube and on the outside of it is hardened um, sand. Um, what I would do is rub your hands together 
before picking a piece up. And so you're making a charge through your palms and your fingertips. And you're also thus opening your palm chakras there. And, you know, take a piece in each hand and hold it and close your eyes and see what you feel. See, you know, give yourself some time, quiet the mind, and see what Fulgurite says to you. I guarantee you, unlike some other stones where people have these crazy, um, you know, um, reactions to it, like Moldavite, which I love, but I love the stone. But it, it doesn't have that effect on me. Um, Fulgurite most invariably will. So, you know, definitely check out Moldavite and uh, and Himalaya Gold Zestulite. If you're looking for Himalaya Gold Zestulite, leave me a voicemail through Anchor, and I will give you the link to Robert Simmons's website because he has a world labyrinth of different types of azestulites and that is the only source I would consider purchasing them from and for me again I purchase things in raw natural states so if you have you know the option between polished stones or raw stones I would just suggest getting the raw stones especially if you want to feel what I'm explaining here as into what these stones can do and what their energy is. But until next time, I'll be doing a couple stones every couple episodes till we get done with all 62. And I hope you take the time to look at the stones you have again with fresh eyes. And don't forget to be kind to yourself, to be gentle with yourself and with others. We all deserve this extraordinary life, and together we can make it happen. All my love and light.